Hello, and welcome to episode 25 of the Use Gamers Podcast. 25, you guys. We did it. Yay. Uh, my name's Chris. I'm going to be playing host this evening. With me, as always, are Jared and Mike. Hello, guys. Howdy. Hey. Yeah, so very good. 25 episodes. It only took us two and a half years to get that far. Um, but uh, tonight we wanted to have a, a very special episode of the Used Gamers Podcast where um, we talk pretty much exclusively about uh, arcades, our history with arcades, where they came from, our experiences with them, where they went, and kind of how they've been reborn recently. But before we do that, just one kind of quick piece of news that we wanted to hit on because we thought this was notable, and we're going to turn to Jared for this. Yes, okay, so I saw this that... Um, the Hearthstone Heroes of Warcraft tournament, and I think there was also going to be Ultimate Street Fighter 4 and something else there. Um, they weren't going to let women come and play at the tournament. So I heard this, and, and of course my first reaction is, what? Like, yeah. why would you do this? It was mine. So I was like, why would you possibly do that? So I was like, okay, well maybe, let's, okay, let's see if they have a reason. So... The I had to look up what IESF was. The International Esports Federation. Yes, fancy. Um, they basically what they said was, no, "This isn't us being sexist. We, uh, it's that we want to be recognized as as a sport. We want video game playing to be recognized as a sport." And is it kind of already to some extent? Uh, I, I, internationally, I guess is what they're mm-hmm. looking for, and they're like, and sports to get recognized by these federations are unisex. They're not. They're not. Men and women don't play together. Like so, we're trying to up the up our game. That sounds terrible for this. We're trying to uh, up our recognition by doing this. And um, and uh, I guess it makes content. So within about twenty four hours of that, the internet exploded. Yeah, and as it does, as it does, and uh, so they took it all back. Um, they're not doing that anymore. They said that women are welcome. They said, you know, everyone can come and play. It's looking like they might try and have everyone can play tournaments and then simultaneously in the future try and hold male and female That's separate tournaments. That's probably would have been And a that would be okay. Idea. Yeah, because I was like, well, why not have a female then tournament? equal opportunity. And they didn't... And uh, everyone loves separate but equal, Mike. And, um... <laughs> I mean, you know what I mean. I know what you mean. And, um... <laughs> But that, I don't know. I don't know. So they're still working it out. Apparently, this is done individually in some countries too. So there are some countries that still are doing it this way as of now, and we'll see. But I just thought that was interesting because when I first heard that, I was like, "This is such a weird, sexist-sounding thing." And and then Especially I, they for had this day and age, yeah. Like, I mean, something as video games and where everybody's like supposed to be, you know, it's the whole thing. Is you're in a video game, you don't really interact right. even face to face necessarily. It's all about. It's not really about who you are, even what you look like, or whatever. It's it's the video game, right? It's your skill. So I don't know. I just thought that was an interesting thing to note um, because everyone cried to just foul immediately. They're like, "This is not cool," and yeah. uh, I think it's good because you know who says you have to be separate to be a sport? You know what? They wouldn't recognize a sport, which I think that's a legitimate thing that they could suggest that that this could be with some of those high level competitive games. Sometimes you know they're incredibly popular in some countries and stuff too to be watched, and they're increasing in popularity in this country too. But um, yeah, why, why do they have to be separate? Just let them be one gender be sport. I don't, I don't. Yeah, and it's weird too, cause I mean, I think this tournament was, it was in like Finland or something. It's, it's not like a local thing, but it was, like Jared said, it wanted to be part of this IEF thing. And uh, from what I understand, their standards that they, you know, it's like, well, we want this to be a thing. It's like, let's get snowboarding into the Olympics. So right. how do we do that? And so they had to basically say, well, what's the closest template? To what we have, and, I, and from what I understand, the template that they followed for the for the esport was chess. They said, "Okay, that's probably the closest which thing to it." And is chess is gender, gender separated. separated yeah, which, isn't I, that so weird? Yeah, and that's like a weird thing that unless huh. you were part of that community, right? I guess you wouldn't know that. But yeah, it's it's just a very strange thing. Like I feel like that's a hangover from a long time ago, probably kind of thing though. Like chess has been around so long, it probably started. Yeah. In some archaic time and like, no, no, men and women can't play just together because the men will touch the girls' pieces and get, and they'll get girl. <laughs> and that was also probably back when women I don't weren't know. allowed to speak out against Maybe. it. Maybe. You know? Who knows? And now, but it doesn't sound like this was just women spoke out. It sounds like everyone's like, dude, yeah, not cool. Well, I mean, we're in so, a modern era where it's just, yeah. and not to mention with the internet. So, but yeah, I, found, I, I heard that about chess too. I thought that was the weirdest thing. Yeah, that is their way. So anyway, so they're doing, they're doing. No, everyone's gonna play. Everyone's gonna have fun, and that's great. So Very don't boycott them. And do they, 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 they said, uh, all right. 
And it wasn't really even their fault. It was this other group that was kind of making them do it. You know? uh, not making them. They were just trying they to... They were painting them into a corner. They were like, if you want to do this, well, then well, you Well, they do didn't, I don't think they really told them that. I think they just kind of felt like... They made it that, that way. Was, yeah, yeah, they did, they, they I did. guess. Yeah, so they're kind of like, well, maybe if we do this thing... And everyone's like, don't do not do that thing. Don't be that guy. So, But it's kind of it's kind of cool to know that like of all the like silly internet explosion type stuff we've talked about in our 25 episodes that, you know, that... The internet can still rally that way against legitimately weird yeah, bad that's ideas. True. I not just that, like yeah. I didn't like the way Mass Effect ended. So, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so it's it, it's nice to see that people can that's rally right. around a reasonable. That's good. Yes, too. that's that's exciting so. to see that it's gone. So this is yeah, because that's pretty positive, right? That's pretty awesome. So. Yeah. yeah. So now we're on this like short fuse where it, within the next like twelve months, if every game doesn't have like a option for a playable female protagonist, like you're not even going to be able to like. Unity, Assassin's Creed got into some trouble with that at E3, but man, so that's good. It's it's a fun little peek and a huh, and then just sort of okay, everything's calmed down now. <laughs> like it's so. gone. <laughs> so all right, so that's that. That's our little news snippet, <laughs> and that's much like arcades, which is how we transition into our episode. There you go. No, so uh, this is this is a great idea for an episode. I think we've we've talked about the idea of trying to have uh, episodes that basically stand around a single topic that don't have anything to do with anything that's timely or, or now or new. Um, and, and this was an idea that Jared came up with. So Jared, tell tell us a little bit about where this where this came from in your brain. And, yeah. And, um, well, you know what it came from was that we. As a group, um, a few times have gone to, um, this bar called Player One and a few other places, um, that are around here that we're going to talk about later. Just about what's local for us, but it is a bar and it's an arcade that had a bunch of classic arcade machines and some consoles set up that you could borrow games and things like that. And, and it just kind of, I think it just kind of struck me and us like, wow. Arcades are really different and, and, and have a kind of evolved, you know, as, the people that play games have, have evolved. You know, the, the audience that plays games now, you know, obviously young people still play games, but there is a huge audience, maybe a larger audience that is old enough to do things like go to a bar and things like that. So that, that really got me thinking like, wow, look at what the arcade's done and where it is. Cause it's kind of, this is kind of a resurgence of arcade, I think, to have this kind of thing. And it got us thinking about like, all right, well, let's, what, what did we do? What was fun? What, you know, arcades are something before. I just chat about that. So. Yeah, so, okay, so Jared, so we'll start with you since this was your idea. What, mm-hmm. what is your personal, as a little boy, Jared, up till now, like, what, what is kind of your interaction with arcades growing up? Yeah, um, some. I mean, you know, my youngest iteration probably was pretty similar with a lot of people, which was, I would go to Chuck E. Cheese on my birthday, you know, and, that, and that's an arcade with food, and that place was awesome. You know, I remember loving that place. It was so much fun, and I, you know, and, um, and then there was a small arcade in the mall, and, and that kind of went on maybe, I don't know, till I was maybe 10 or 11, and then I didn't really go to the arcade much. Every once in a while, maybe as a teenager, I'd go to play some fighting games and stuff, and then, and then it kind of was gone until now. Every once in a while, maybe I'd go to an arcade or, or a Dave and Buster's or something very randomly, but that's a, that's about it, you know, and, and, uh, so it was really hit and miss, you know, sometimes, I never went to the arcade all the time. Right. You know, it was never like, a, oh, it's Saturday, let's go to the arcade, you know, it was just like, we're at the mall, you're getting shoes, mom, can I just go to the arcade, you know, yeah. and then I would just, I'd, I'd run over there and I'd spend a couple bucks and my, my mom was happy that I was not bothering her and everybody won, you know, and it was that kind of thing, <laughs> the arcade wasn't very busy, you know, so, and that was a, that was about it, you know, it was just kind of, there were moments when I would find time to do it and I would, I would fit it in. Right. And, uh, so, yeah, that's about it for me. What about you? Is your eyes similar? I mean, Mike, what about you? Uh, I mean, mine was pretty similar. I mean, I loved going to the arcade as a kid. Um, my one problem is I couldn't afford to go to the arcade as a yeah. kid just because my mom and dad never wanted to give me... They would always just give me, like, a dollar. Like, okay, oh, have great. fun. I mean, I, you know, <laughs> like, my favorite minutes. games, and especially some of the games, would be, like, 50 cents 50 cents sometimes, like, the really okay, good I ones. I play this game once... Or I can play, like, this game four times. I can play or... Burger Time four times. Yeah. Sure. Um... <laughs> But I really liked going to the arcade. There, I mean, it, I always had a lot of fun with it. Whether it was like playing one of the actual arcade games, or even doing like you know, uh, air hockey or skee ball or whatever. You know, I definitely did the Chuck E. Cheese. But I also just liked um, there were arcades a lot just around different places. Or if uh, you know, we would go out to dinner. There were a couple places that my family would like to go out to dinner, and there would be a couple of arcade games. Oh, because you remember that it used Pizza to be, Hut always had like one yeah. arcade machine, right? But it used to be oh, most yeah, restaurants had yeah. like three or four arcade they had, games. They had, they had like one or two, two, just for the kids to have something to do when they're done eating, and the yeah. parents just give them a couple quarters. And but send a lot them of off. times, those would be in the 
bar too. Like that's what yeah. I remember. Yeah, like, yeah. you yeah. Have, like a bar to play yeah. Pac-Man, yeah. like in the bar. And that, that was some weird. Nobody was like, oh, "Get that kid out of here." Yeah. I just remember, like you know, my family and my friend's family, we'd go out to dinner, and then the kids, of course, would finish eating, and the parents would want to sit there and drink and talk or whatever. So they would just throw us a handful of quarters and like get lost. Yeah, and you'd go over and play in the arcade for a while, and you know, well, they have their I iPhones have... now and their iPad. They don't yeah. need to leave the table to sit there and play games I while their parents so. drink and ignore yeah. their children. Well, we'll talk. We'll get to that. Like <laughs> we're still in the arcade. Era oh, sorry, sorry, when, sorry. When sorry. it was great. No. We're in 1985 still. That's right. Um, no, but I, I mean, I loved playing in the arcade. Uh, you know, I had a, a ton of favorites. I liked a lot of the group ones. Or, you know, me and my brother and our friends, we could jump on, whether it was like, you know, X-Men or, or uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles or, or The Simpsons or whatever, even Gauntlet, you know, those old school ones, and jump on and play through stuff and just pump quarters into it. Um, I also really liked the old school ones like, you know, Centipede and, and Pac-Man. Um but also an interesting thing, like, I remember back when arcades were popular, I was really into fighting games. Like, mm-hmm. Street Fighter 2, Mortal Kombat, Samurai Showdown, all those. I loved playing them. Especially Mortal Kombat, because I was never allowed to get it on my system. My mom right. would like Because it was too violent. Think about that game now. Yeah, so the only way I could play it was, you know, in the arcade. So I'd play the crap out of it there. And I loved fighting games back then. Maybe it was just because I was better, but even now it's kind of funny. Ever since the whole consoles took off... I don't really like fighting games that much anymore. It was well, kind of weird how that yeah, changed. I think that's why a lot of people play on those, basically, that makes it an arcade. Even that play it at home, you know, they have the stick and the, 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 pad, the arcade yeah. pad, you know. They have the, the, the people still like, they enjoy playing those games that way a lot more. Yeah. You know, so, you see that in the tournaments, I think you're required to play that way. I, I still don't even. know. I see everybody playing I, I, I that I think way. a lot of people say it's like, you're better at it or something. I, I, I don't know. I don't know if that's the case, but it was just, it was something that I thought of that was kind of weird. Like, huh, I used to be really, really into fighting games, and then it's just kind of like, uh, not so much anymore. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that was just kind of my experience, especially, you know, just basically it was a distraction for me while my parents wanted to talk or something. Yeah. But, I, you know, I loved it. I thought it was great. Um, what about you, Chris? What yeah, I mean, I guess that's the for our age. I mean, that's your basic sort of standard suburban experience with the arcades. I mean, if you think back to, you know, if, if arcades kind of started in the late 60s and 70s, I mean, for a long time, I think, and into the early 80s, those places were regarded as these kind of like, dingy dens of sin where like crazy teenagers hung out and adults might have been a little like hesitant to want to let younger kids there we missed all that I mean, yeah, all that yeah, was yeah. gone by the time we were old enough was, to go to these places it was also considered this weird place because you'd have like a 40 year old man playing a game right next to like right, a exactly. 10 year old and everybody weird. was smoking cigarettes yeah and, like, it was disgusting it was, yeah it was really <laughs> gross but I mean it really always very very dark and um I mean by the time I think we became people who go to I mean our, you didn't find arcades in like shady corners of strip malls like they were legitimate like locations next to the pet store in the mall like mm-hmm. i mean tilt was the arcade that i used to go to at the mall um near where i live which is you know just this little chain of arcades that were probably all over north america well movie theaters always usually had oh uh, they still seem have, to have some, some, of them have some have but it's like machines. a couple of machines back when we were kids most movie theaters had like an arcade room arcade right up front where at it's least like too. you know you go you buy your movie ticket and while you're waiting for the movie to start that's, it always seemed like arcades were used as a distraction for kids, is kind of what it seemed like to me. Brilliant! Yeah. Which, yeah, it worked. I mean, uh, yeah, and they made more money out of it. The parents didn't have to bother with their kids, and yeah. whoever you were made more it money. It was kind of a win-win thing for them. But I remember, yeah, I remember definitely playing at restaurants, and I remember playing in bars while my parents were doing Lord knows what. I, I do remember, <laughs> I remember playing in, in uh, I mean, you could make a whole day out of going to a movie because you you got your two hours of the movie itself, but then you go to the arcade before the movie. Maybe you hang out at the arcade a little bit after the movie. Um, yeah, it's crazy to think that that was like a big part of every theater. Um, I remember very clearly, I remember the places like Chuck E. Cheese and stuff like that. I can remember the pizza place that my family used to go to, which I don't think was a pizza hut, but it might have been. Um, they had two machines, and I swear over the course of many years, these machines never changed. They mm-hmm. had Ghosts and oh, Goblins, never. and they had Ivan Iron Man Stewart's Off-Road. You remember that off road, yeah. Like four wheels, just the most unwieldy game. They like you know figure eights around the track, like yeah. The one was, in my Pizza Hut was Road Blasters, and that game was awesome. Yeah, I mean it's pretty great, but but we also were in a place where not only were the arcades no longer an old and dark and scary and place for older teenage kids, but they also, I mean, they were very clean places and malls and stuff like that. But I mean, we also always had a a home console generation mm-hmm. throughout our whole... So, you know, consoles kind of, you know, took over, I guess, you know, arcades. 
But they, at least when we were growing up, they coexisted. So maybe we had a system at home at the same time. They were still going to arcades. But the gulf between those two experiences was still so big. Really large. That, yeah. like, you know, you couldn't imagine having a game that looked like Mortal Kombat on a, on your Nintendo. Like, it just, there was that was not a possibility. Right. But then we lived through that weird transitional era where they did start getting closer together. Mm-hmm. And I can remember very specifically being super excited and convincing my little brother to combine his allowance with my allowance so that we could buy Street Fighter 2 Champion Edition for the Sega Genesis. Because I just the idea of having Street Fighter at home was just like... Amazing. Yeah, brain explodes all over the place. Like, you can't... like, And I guess, I mean, at least for me, that's where that experience kind of dies, I suppose, to where, you know, it's probably like a couple of different lines are intersecting. It's like... Well, I'm kind of getting that experience at home, so I don't have to constantly funnel money into it. And you're getting to an age where I'm probably caring more about things like uh, girls and stuff than, like, wanting to go hang out at the arcade. So it's, like, all those (laughs) things kind of, like, intersect to where, you know, and it's strange. Because I can remember very specifically, like, most times I would spend the night at my best friend's house. His parents would send us off for some random errand down to, like, a 7-Eleven to get milk or bread or something, and they'd give us, like, $5. So the, the game was, like, find the cheapest version of whatever thing they told us to go buy so that whatever change we got, we could then use to play Street Fighter. Oh, I remember <laughs> like, that. That was yeah, a very not... specific, like, game we would play. And it was cool because since it was in the 7-Eleven that was in a weird location, usually nobody else was ever there. Because I remember that game, in addition to being radically popular, I think that game basically sing- single-handedly held arcades in North America for, like, a longer period of years than they probably would have held on. Oh, Street Fighter like, 2? Like, if fighting games yeah. hadn't oh, happened, yeah. arcades would have died that sooner was than they Street Fighter and Mortal Kombat, both of those were just... That was yeah. every arcade. Well, Tekken. I, I played Tekken. It was probably the one I played in the arcade the most. It was a big one. I think it had a more select fan group. I think Street Fighter 2 and... Street Fighter 2 by Kombat far the most popular. widely popular. Yeah. 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 But I, I love Tekken. I remember that. Virtua Fighter, that one stunk. <laughs> but I mean, but they couldn't... Those wouldn't have existed without Street Fighter 2. Like, it's crazy no. to think no. how important that game was to, like, that era's... And it's funny, because I think now, if you're interested in, like, getting your own arcade cabinets, that's one of the least expensive games, because there's just so dang many of them. Like, you'd go into arcades, and there'd be a wall of Street Fighter II machines. Like, you wouldn't see a wall full of Centipede machines, or there was probably a time when you'd see a wall full of Donkey Kong machines, but that was before our time. Um, But yeah, it's crazy to think, like, how important that one game was. So, oh, yeah. So we put in our time. I mean, you know, and we got to an age where arcades kind of died at the same time that our home consoles got so powerful that that basically supplanted that experience. And, and you know, arcade fighting games have become, you know, recently more popular on consoles. So, you know, we've got a, a Street Fighter 3 and a Street Fighter yeah. 4. Yeah. Um, and uh, well, so... Think, yeah. It was oh. also, I think, the rise... I think computer games kind of had a huge rise, too, that also yeah. kind of combated against yeah. the If you can arcades. be at home and just play it, that's so simple. Well, and computers could handle a lot higher kind of graphics and a lot more right. stuff Right, because you could upgrade so them. could handle a lot more whereas of the Whereas the console was stagnant. Or the, the, yeah, the cabinets were stagnant. Like, yeah, that was tough, because computers were upgradable, right? Yeah. So... That's true. So, okay, so let's... let's Before we leave the era and remember how it died, I mean... Put yourself back in those positions. I mean, you're you're in the arcade on the Saturday, or you're at somebody's birthday party at Chuck E. Cheese. Like, what is the what is the what are the games that you gravitate towards? So, yeah. Jared's put a lot of thought into this. So yeah, I yeah. Let him leave I this mean, off. so at Chuck E. Cheese, when I mentioned Road Blasters at at uh, at Pizza Hut, but that's really because the only other game was a stupid crane machine. So, who's <laughs> gonna play that? But that game was really fun. I remember liking it because I remember it was one of the first ones I played that had a pedal. And I love that. I love that. Even though it was this awkward thing where you're standing on your left foot, so your right foot, you're just on your heel, so you can work the pedal, Uh and then it has a stick shift, but they can't put in a clutch because you need your other foot, so there's, there isn't that, so it's kind of, it's, it's not really, and, but that game was really fun. And then, um, uh, when I was Chuck E. Cheese, I played a lot of Simpsons, I played a lot of X-Men. Um, while I was there, I also remember uh, at the and then I remember though at the place. It's not crazy. Um, at the movie theater was the Star Wars game, and that game was awesome. And the hardest thing about it though was that um, the parts where you had to lightsaber fight, it was this weird inverted. So left was left and right That's was right. right, but up was down and down was up for your lightsaber. And I could never figure out why. So I'd say like down and left, you have to be like wait up left. Okay, yeah. And it was really hard, and Darth Vader whooped your butt. But um, <laughs> that game was still awesome. I couldn't help but play it all the time. It was really, really good. 
Um, you mentioned Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. That game was really good. Uh, what else? A lot of games. I did play a lot of Street Fighter 2. I think we had Turbo in mind, so that was always really good um, to play you that You can both be Guile. I yeah. think that was like literally on the side of the cabinet. You can like, both be Ryu at the same time. That's crazy. And um, then some um, shooter games. I really like shooter games on, on oh, yeah. cabinet, which we haven't talked about yet. So I played House of the Dead was really good. Mm. Um, and Time Crisis, though, was the one I remembered loving, because that little pedal with the, the cover, cover mechanic. The original yeah. cover system. Yeah, yeah, that was like the first cover mechanic, and that game was awesome. And uh, I played a little bit of racing games. I remember I put on here Cruising USA because I remember I had this terrible Everybody Beach played. Boys ripoff, not real songs, right. like that you'd be playing and you'd be like, uh, USA. And it was terrible. <laughs> you always had like a girl in the car. And I like, yeah, yeah, some like, some like skank next to you. And, you <laughs> and, um, and that was good. Then the, um, this one was a little bit little bit later, but the Pod Racer Star Wars game was really fun because it was two handles. And oh, yeah, you, that had to be after episode one. So. Yeah, yeah, it was, so that's true. But that was a long time ago now, like. But um, you could push them both forward to go, but if you moved one back, the left or the right one back, you kind of went turned that way because you were lowering the force. So there was no wheel. It was just these the the power of your left and right side to move you left and right, how much you used on them, which was that was just a cool mechanic. Well, do you remember that tank uh, arcade game where it wasn't like a wheel, it was the two sticks, and, you know, if you moved one forward and one back, you know, it kind of, you turned and... Depending on if you just move one forward, you turn a little bit to the yeah yeah. yeah. It was a lot like that. Forward, but you couldn't go back. It was a really hard game to get used to the controls. Yeah. So I remember hating that arcade it was game. Cool. You don't remember that one? No, I do. I do remember that. Yeah. And then I, I remember always liking the ones that you'd like go sit in. Mm-hmm. And they have like oh, little yeah. mini curtains. And the one I remember the most is Jurassic, Jurassic Park. Park. Yep, yes, that's what I was thinking because of. that one was so good, and that would get the game was awesome. And of course, Jurassic Park was awesome. Yeah. So I always liked those little like oh, you get inside them and you're like oh man this and then and then I, I I always wanted to like the ones that were on like a motorcycle, but they never worked great. I yeah, like, yeah, yeah. They it's always like, stunk. Yeah, it's always like leaning, and then you're like, and then like almost fall, and it just, and then and you they crash. Just spin to the, yeah. spin to, and like, ah! And I always hated those. Well, I loved it when they started coming out with the racing games where it was multiple consoles next to each yeah, other. Yeah, like eight of them. It was like the up. original, like, yeah. Party, you know? Yeah, those were really cool. Those were fun. Those were good. So, so it was the yeah. first kind of multiplayer experience besides just the side to side, like Street Fighter or whatever. So, yeah, yeah. So those were great. So, there's time, I mean, I think so fondly back on the arcade. So much of it was so much fun. It was like such a treat whenever I get to do it, even though I couldn't do it regularly. But now there's some more modern games we'll talk about later, too. But well, I mean, let's keep going around. So, Mike, what do you, uh, what, I mean, do you have some, some, uh, I mean, classics? I think I mentioned a lot of them and you've hit a lot of them. Uh, you know, I, I said, like, I liked games like the Gauntlet and X-Men. Uh, I liked a lot of the fighting games, the racing games. I played Gauntlet recently. I forgot. That game was really hard. Oh, yeah. Well, that was the thing. There were a lot of those games that were out on consoles and stuff like that, like Ghost and Goblins and stuff that I just remember pumping quarters yeah. into those things. Well, that means they made it right. right? Yeah. If you have to pump money into it. to get past it and it being so hard. You know, and I you're loved, willing to. I love the classics like Centipede and uh, Galaga and Pac-Man and... Mrs. Pac-Man, Qbert, you know, all those were a lot of fun. Um, yeah, I mean, I just, I kind of did it all. I didn't really have a lot of preferences. Um, I even I liked hated the Qbert. I don't know. I hated Qbert. The original platform. Well, that just <laughs> that diagonal input didn't always work as intended. Uh, no, I feel yeah. Like, well, that so. was just all arcade games. They always had that this, one of them did this, like yeah. button stuck. Or I liked that. Apparently, all he did was swear though, and that's why they had to just put that string of like <laughs> non-letter characters. Apparently, he just yeah. cussed up a storm. Um, but I even liked the golf games, you know, where it had a little ball. You oh, had to, like, and the bowling ones. Yeah, yeah those are fun. I was Golden Tee. That's right, Golden Tee. And the, the shooter games, I mean, yeah, I, I enjoyed all those. I mean, you shoot games. off the screen to reload. Remember that? Right? That makes no sense. Yeah, but like even Area 51 <laughs> and all those, I thought they were Oh, great. yeah. So, no, I, I, I would sit in there for hours, like, you know, every once in a while I would get a treat and my mom or my dad would give me actually like, like you know, a couple dollars five bucks. or something or just a, my dad was like, like a, here, I have like this handful of quarters yeah, in yeah. my pocket, I want to get rid of them. <laughs> yeah, you were like a king in the arcade if you had like five bucks. Of course, like, then I'd usually hear, share it with your brother. <laughs> <laughs> Why did you have to have a brother for me? Yeah. <laughs> well, technically, hey, first, so. Uh, Why do you have him first? Whatever. So, you know, it was a lot of good memories with those. Yeah, Chris. I'm trying to remember, but I mean, I, I think I've played every single game that's been mentioned by everybody. One of the games I was, like, ridiculously fascinated by, and I think it was because of the sound effects and the voices in it, because that was one of the cool things, right, because you'd get voices in your cabinets, mm-hmm. um, was the RoboCop game 
I love the RoboCop game. Like, something yeah. about the the sound effects of the pistol coming out of the holster in your leg. Like, I just thought was the coolest sound. <laughs> and just the drop it. Like, just the sound. Like, I just loved it. I was terrible at that game. And I would, at least I kind of had this, like, weird mental block that I'd be like, after I'd put, like, the fourth quarter in, I'd be like, I'm, I'm not going to keep playing this. But I was just fascinated by it. The Ninja Gaiden game for the arcade, too, which oh, was very yeah. different than the NES game, because yeah. you could move in three dimensions. You could move up and down the screen, kind of like in uh, Double Dragon. So, But it was, like, a cool game, too. And I had these, like, fond, like, not fond, but vivid memories of... <laughs> um, so, you know, in most games, like, the idea is to make money off of kids <laughs> or adults. They don't care who. But, you know, so they need to keep it hard so you don't get too far in any one quarter, and then, you know create a compelling reason for why you would keep playing. Right. So either, like, make you feel like you're close you to a boss. enough or, progress. Yeah, and so there would always be the countdown from 10 screen, right? Where, you know, in Street Fighter, it's counting down, and you're seeing your bloodied character, like, come on, you're going to give Ken another try, right? Right. In Ninja Gaiden, I don't know if you guys remember this, Ryu, the ninja, is, like, tied up to this, like, this, oh, like, yeah. torture and there's chair. Oh, yeah. There's a giant buzzsaw, like, coming down your chest, and you're, like, strapped to a ball, and there's, like, demons, like, laughing in the background. It's like this horrible, like you're watching. Kid, you're not gonna let this happen. Yeah, exactly. Are you? You're not gonna let him die, are you? Well, you remember there was but. the one that was like Streets of Rage or something like that, where you could play as like the mayor who was like the big buff. Final guy. fight. No, that's you know, final, final fight. fight. Yeah, um, Mike, Mike Haggard. Well, yeah. When do you remember that when you <laughs> yeah. were when you had lost or whatever, you were sitting there. Yeah, they were all tied to each other with a chest, bomb, and yeah. it was like the fuse was coming. In, like, and as it got closer, they would more and more like freak out. Like, yeah. oh, are you gonna save us? And, yeah, yeah. Even though he looked like Jesse the Body Ventura, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Mike Haggard, like just like him. But I mean that game was great. Another one I played a ton was a game called Mercs. Do you guys remember this? It was like Ikari Warriors for the Nintendo. Mm-hmm. It was like a top-scrolling two-player commando game, basically. Like your car- yeah. It was a shooter. You could shoot in any direction. Just a single... I that game. And it kind so, of yeah. was scrolling up. It was scrolling kind of up, constantly. and like you'd get to the end of a stage, and a huge like you know hovering like jump jet would come up and just fill the whole screen. And it was, it was basically like any vertical shooter. Just you happen to be a, like, a little guy Instead on of, like, the ground. A plane or yeah, basically. Um, I do remember having a lot of fond memories of Area 51. That was a really cool... I like those fighting games. I love the, the shooting games. Like I thought that was a really cool like kind of twist on the typical just like Kill all the terrorists thing. I thought was cool, like shoot all the aliens. But um, and I can remember like the the. I also have vivid remem- memories of the games that I knew even at that age were a terrible investment of my money. And the one that I remember more than anything else because it was this vivid contrast of like quality versus what it was actually like playing the game, and that was Dragon's Lair. Mm-hmm. Like that game yeah. was terrible. It was basically like it was a it was but a, it looked so good. Event. It was just a quick time event. So it's a it's a it was a laser disc. Which is crazy. So that's why it looked so good. So it looked like a Don Bluth animated, you know, film. It looked like The Secret of Nim, because that's exactly the animators mm-hmm. who made it. And you're waiting for these weird, like, light up things on the floor to tell you where to jump. Like, impossibly hard. You just and, had to slowly memorize the And whole I think game, it was basically. always more expensive than the other games, too, even when it came out, because it was using this crazy laser disc technology. And I remember thinking, like, I, I want to play it, but no, I'm ne- I'm not going to get anywhere. Like this yeah. tentacle is going to shoot out of the floor and kill me for no reason because there's no logic to how the game plays. It's just like murder simulator. Like it's right. just like watch Dirk the Daring get killed get over killed a lot. and over and over again. There was also another there was game, no Dark Souls. <laughs> yeah, basically, <laughs> there was another game, another terrible game. But I was fascinated because of the technology. And we're gonna have to Google it if none of us can remember the name. But it was a time traveling game. And instead of a screen, it was a hologram that was in front of you. That, like, there was a couple of glass screens, but the way it made it look, it was called Time Something. Time Hologram Arcade Game. You'll, you'll figure it out. But it was this terrible voice acting, terrible acting, where it's like, you know, now you're in the Old West, like, howdy, partner, you need to risk. It's just this terrible, terrible acting. Is it a cowboy? There was a cowboy, there was a wizard. Town-traveling cowboy arcade game. I'm going to Google it. Okay, we're going to figure this out. If anybody's listening, this is riveting radio for you. We hope you're on your drive home, waiting, leaning forward on the steering wheel of your car. It's called Time Traveler. It was called Time Traveler? Yeah. That was a letdown. But <laughs> yeah, Sorry but about that. That game, that game was a dollar to play, and I remember thinking that was like really crazy, too. And maybe that's one of the things was games like that, I think, might have led me to like, a dwindling fascination with arcades. Because then I remember, every now and again, you would go into an arcade, or maybe like a Dave & Buster's, where you'd get to see the virtual headset, like, VR game 
Do you guys ever remember seeing those? Oh arcades? yeah, they were like the, the game was games called Dactyl Nightmare. Like the there was worst a game ever made. There's a tank where the, one the helmet came where down. this horrible polygon pterodactyl was trying to kill you, and I think it cost like two dollars to play this game. Nightmare game. I can remember uh, there was a gaming center that replaced an arcade that, for the experience, was pretty darn cool. But I, I want to say the game was called Red Mars. But basically, you'd go into this room with, like, ten other people, and there were no... Like, physically go into a room with ten other people, and it was a big, huge, black warehouse of a room, and in front of you were these ten, like, pods. So, imagine a much higher-tech version of the Jurassic Park arcade cabinet that Jared just referenced, where, like, you, you sit in this metal thing, and it, like closes over you like you're in a hibernation chamber in some time travel movie and I think it was like $15 to play it for 30 minutes but it was like a it was a first person space shooter kind of like a race meets a space shooter like Star Fox and F-Zero had a baby and um and it was it was like you guys remember Steel Battalion for the Xbox with yeah. the controller that had 200 buttons or whatever? Mm-hmm. It was an interface like that where there's a thousand buttons in front of you. And so you spend the first five minutes just trying to figure out how to go or how to not eject on accident. And just, so it was like, it, arcades got so weird and nichey to where it like, maybe there's a Street Fighter game, but then there's 15 skill cranes and like, a the weird game where the light moves around in a circle and it's like a virtual jump rope and you have to kind of pretend. So it was it felt more like carnival gamey type yeah, stuff. Yeah, you get tickets. Yeah, you get tickets, and it like it becomes more kazoo. expensive at the same time that I feel like it becomes less interesting. Yeah. So, but yeah, man, I remember now, that man, that RoboCop see, machine. That's interesting to me that these are the games you talk about because maybe this is a more common uh, modern thing for you now. But you seem to have a real affinity for the games that came before our time. You know, I yeah. see you gravitate towards those a lot. And I don't know if it's just because you're kind of weirdly good at them for no reason, or because <laughs> you, you are, but I, or what it is. Cause, it's your useless talent. Yeah, there's your... Hey, and one of an arcade machine. That's true. But um, uh, I don't know, but I see you gr- go towards those games a lot, like when we went to some of those arcade bars and stuff. Like, you're like, oh, yeah, Galaga. Yeah, and I don't know why. I mean, Galaga is by far my favorite game ever made. Like, that's my favorite game in history. And, um, but the, I mean, I've gotten better it's at it fun, as I've Mike. gotten older. It's fun, but it's, oh, I would never call it my favorite He was favorite teaching game me ever. these, like, crazy tricks. He's like, just do this and you get two. I'm like, wait, yeah. what? I mean, what I did this the best oh, I ever trick to get two? Oh, I do now. <laughs> but oh, the, be- the best I ever did at that game was just a couple years ago playing it at, like, a pub in downtown Orlando. And I got to, like, the 36th stage after, like, five beers. So it's one of those, like, weird, one of I those think psychologists I, I call it slow. I, yeah, exactly. Where I was just, doing the it. whole world has disappeared now, and I'm doing ridiculously <laughs> well at this game. So yeah, like, I, and I don't know, and I think part of it is just because there's a nostalgia factor, and because it's so unlike like games now, like that I would mm-hmm. play at my house. Like, I mean, I have Galaga on a couple of the systems. I probably wouldn't really play it very often. Thing, right? If yeah. I had a Galaga cabinet in my house, I would play that all the time. So there's something about that. I think the integration of, like, the tactile experience of playing with, or, like, a weird cabinet, like you said, like, tank handlebars or, you know, foot pedals or close the curtains around you, like, you're not going to get that experience at home. Like, some games have tried to recreate it, but it's just, you know, it's it's weird that way. And you can remember people doing, like, the four-player thing in Halo where somebody would make, like, a weird, like cardboard box four-way screen separator so that you can't see see what the other players are doing. People did that in GoldenEye, too. So it's like... Oh, no, my friends were like, don't look! I'd be like, I'm not looking, and then I'd look. Yeah, yeah, I mean... Come on! It it was... Everybody did. to create that sort of experience, but... (laughs) Yeah, and maybe it's just because I did, before I had a Nintendo, like, I was around, like, ColecoVisions and Intellivisions a lot, so those those were the games that you would play for that system Mm -hmm. because they were just trying to emulate the old arcade games of the day. So I guess there's... Yeah, it's definitely a big nostalgia thing for me with that. That's cool. But, uh, so, you know, we got to see the rise, we got to see the fall, um, and, you know, we've been consistently big console gamers, like, ever since that time. Starting in that time, and then continuing to the modern day, but another thing that we think is interesting about this is the fact that, you know, that, I guess the, the social gaming experience outside of your home, put it that way, is not, is not a dead concept by any means, and in a lot of ways has been pretty, heavily resurrected. So we just wanted to kind of spend the, the back half of this episode talking about um, our experiences with, um, we, we feel we're really fortunate in that here in Orlando, like there's been a lot of um, opportunities for us to find places that allow us to play either old arcade games or have that experience that's similar to being in an arcade, but with all the fun added twists of 
being an adult. So, mm-hmm. and I think where that comes from is you think about, I mean, look at what's going on right now with, with movies or look at what's going on with like these barcade things. I mean, it's, you know, people who are our age are now the people who are creating the things that people who were our age are now experiencing. So what are they going to make? Well, I'm going to make, if I'm a movie maker, I can now make a movie out of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles or, you know, the X-Men or, you know, we're the generation that's now producing the content. So you go back to those things that you loved and were nostalgic for you. So, yeah, I guess it's not weird that arcades have kind of made their way back. We're just in our turn. But, I mean, in, in order to, I mean, the closest thing I've seen to a return to the classic sort of arcade experience was um, every year in town we have a, a convention that's called Game Warp. Um, the this will be the fourth year of the convention coming up. It's usually in about August, but basically it's just a big group um, called the Florida Arcade and Pinball Collectors Group. They put on this big show uh, at a hotel convention center where they just basically invite people who have old pinball cabinets or, uh, or arcade cabinets to just bring them. And just, you know, we'll give you a space where, and you know, we'll have techs on hand to keep them running and make sure everything, you know, nobody hurts them or anything like that. But it's, it's just hundreds of these things in one room mm-hmm. where, you know, you 150 arcade cabinets and a hundred pinball tables, which, you know, I don't think we spent time in arcades that were that big when we were kids, but it's, it's just that experience. There's nothing, there's no additional twist or there's no, I mean, you just, you pay an admission fee and then everything's on free play. So I've been going every year since that came. Jared went with me, I think, the second year, maybe. Uh, maybe it was this and last the third year. year. Yeah, that's yeah. We went. Years. I went. I went two times with you. So I missed the first time. You told me about it, and there's some reason I couldn't go. Um, but the last two times I went, and I met up with you there. Yeah, it was really fun. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah, it was it's really cool. It, it gives you the opportunity to, you know, but and it's cool since it's just collectors bringing this stuff in. It's not necessarily just you know, uh, 50 Donkey Kong machines. I mean, that's there. But then it's also weird games you might not have heard of that strange people... Like, I started playing a game called Zookeeper, which I'd never heard of before, which is kind of funny, because that's basically what we do in real life. Um, but, you know, <laughs> it, where the, the idea is you have to run around this enclosure that the animals are trying to break out of, all the while... Um, collecting uh, alcoholic beverages that are just right around the periphery of wow, the enclosure. It's basically like real life, right? Yeah, yeah it's, <laughs> it's basically like keep the animals from escaping and drink. So that's kind of what we do. <laughs> so that's, but yeah, so it's like... A, Not you know, at the same time. I wouldn't have known that. So. <laughs> defeats the yeah, yeah there should be more of a crowbar between those two uh, activities. But then there's also, you know, there are companies that are still making new pinball machines. So it's mm-hmm. like to get to play like the new Avengers pinball machine yeah. and see like, oh, what you can do with modern the, technology. The Transformers one they had there last year, pinball machine, oh, that thing was amazing. Yeah, and everybody was, I remember hovering around this new machine uh, that was a Wizard of Oz machine. And it was like using this technology nobody had ever seen before, like basically blue screen level visuals, like integrating with this LED lit cabinet. So it's like, whoa. Like, let's just pretend, like, the last, like, 30 years didn't happen, and we just focused on pinball technology. Yeah. Like, there are companies still making that kind of thing, so... And that's fun because it's a combination of, you know, of the pinball thing and the arcade thing. We're definitely, I think, a little too young to have missed, like, the big pinball craze, which came before the big arcade game. But it, it's fun. I mean, I still really like playing pinball. I like oh, pinball. Yeah. Yeah, I usually do. It's fun. I don't play it a lot. Yeah. I mean, I'm not that really was... great at it, so I'd usually no. just play it if it was, like, I missed a, a lot of uh, classes yeah. in college by playing Theater of Magic in the basement of our, like, yeah. student union or whatever it was. So Yeah. The, uh, the um, Twilight Zone pinball machine, remember, that was really yes. good. That was a really good pinball machine. So it's funny because I think we, like, very specific things like that, like, you'll remember and be like, oh, yeah, Adam's family. Like, that was, that one was really good. Or yeah. you'll, you'll have that one thing. And, and, and I have to say that, like, this show also holds a very, very, very special part of my heart because for some reason, the people who threw it the first year thought it was a good idea to hold this gaming tournament where the prize was to win, like, a Neo Geo cabinet. And on a whim, I decided to enter the contest where the basic idea was you, we will have a console gaming contest, we will have an arcade gaming contest, and we will have a pinball gaming contest. And, and trivia, we're not right? going to tell you what any of the games are. You just sign up to play, and then they sit you in a room and go, okay, you're going to play this game. Yeah, I signed up for the console game. I won it by playing Tempest 2000 for the Atari Jaguar, like the I, which I'd never played. I didn't know anything about it. But I also, like, luckily drew that I was, like, the next to last person to play. So I got to kind of watch everybody else figure out the control scheme and stuff like that. Won that, and then the three winners of the three competitions played each other in this giant, like, multi-cade battle to end all battles thing where it was, like, they picked, like, a pinball machine, 
an arcade like machine and like a home console game that like they could pretty much guarantee almost nobody had ever played. And like I think the pinball machine was Gorgar, which was the first pinball cabinet that ever had um digitized voice in the background. It was just it was just basically like, Gorgar. Like that was all it did. Like it didn't do anything special. <laughs> and then I had to play a Vectrex with this tiny like black and white screened vector graphics console that like my brother-in-law had when he was a kid who's older than I am. Really random thing. And then the arcade cabinet was like Kung Fu or something like that. And then that was interspersed with trivia questions about like classic gaming. And so all those hours of like reading stupid websites and like pl- plowing through the early issues of EGM like totally paid off for me. So I think I got all the questions right and I won and I got the stupid Neo Geo arcade cabinet and had to make a really weird phone call to my wife. I need you to bring your truck because I'm bringing home a big arcade cabinet that I didn't pay for. I didn't pay for it. So now I have Samurai Showdown in my in my yeah. office. So your I, I'm, office. I'm always going to hold that very, very close to my heart. <laughs> your office. Your office is a mini video game worship temple. Basically. Man, it's a man cave. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's an eight-year-old boy cave. <laughs> 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 let's, let's be honest, but yeah, I, I do love it. That's that's where an old yeah. gaming will never Let's die. be honest, that room is really awesome. It's Mike. pretty awesome. You love that room. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I remember I saw that game cabinet, I was like, <gasps> where did that come I from? I want that. Yeah. But, um, but then something that's, that was a more of a shared experience for us was that, um, I also found out about a bar that had opened downtown, a uh, much smaller little thing, a place called BART, um, which basically stands for Bar Arcade Art, Art all kind place. of squished together into one, uh, one little experience. So this is a tiny little place, uh, owned by a married couple, Chris and Adrian Brown, who were both really, really cool, really, really nice. But the mm-hmm. idea was they loved games, they loved gaming, um, they loved old gaming, and they loved drinking. So why not put those things together? And um, that's a place that we've gotten to go hang out a couple different times. I believe it was part of Mike's bachelor party. As yeah, well. yeah, we took you there for a little while. Hanging for out at bar, yeah. yeah. So, what was that movie we watched when we were there? Oh, uh, Ice Pirates. Yeah! That was <laughs> awesome. So they put a lot of old nerdy movies, too, yeah, which is great. So it's usually like 80s music in the background. I like requested that they were, it, we was ending like as we got there, so I asked them if they could put it on again. I was like, it's my bachelor party. Will you play it again? Because I hadn't seen it since I was like 12. So yeah, they were like, but, sure. Yeah, they're real nice. Again. Yeah, I love I love the thing too that they have now, which I don't know if they just screw them into the side of them. They probably do, but there's little spots for your beer. Yeah, all right yeah. On the some side places of those will. Most places have like yeah, most yeah. Of those places well, you have. know, it was a mod. Though. Yeah, exactly. yeah, like it was not on the original cabinet. Every now and again, you'll see like a freestanding, like it's like a little pole with next to it. Holder, yeah, but yeah. yeah, a lot of them are just they're just adding them to the cabinet, <laughs> which is funny because like before our time, maybe that was the thing that was always there. But by the time we were in arcades. No beer holders yeah. in, in the <laughs> machines. Yeah, just the idea of like having beverages in an arcade would have been like such a like. Like no, no, don't no. bring liquids around here. You're gonna destroy. No our... food and or drink. Yeah, yeah. Let alone smoking or <laughs> drinking beers <laughs> next to it. But I mean, it's really really cool place. I mean, it, it's small. I mean, it's I you know I've been in there when there's more than twenty people, and it's definitely I think we did some sitting on arms of couches yeah, awkwardly close to people. Yeah. Now. Um, but I mean, that's a, I, that's a good problem to have, right? If the problem is that you're too busy and you can't fit enough customers in there, I mean, that's a cool thing. I think that they were kind of the first people to do that um, in that way in the city. Um, there's been other people to do it since, but it's in a really hip part of downtown, the Mills 50 area, where there's a lot of bars and a lot of cool restaurants. Um, but it's really cool. Like, we like it a lot. Um, good selection of beers and wines and ciders and all that kind of stuff. So um, everybody should check that out. It's at Barcade. You can follow them on Twitter, um, one that we definitely like. But then somebody else came in and decided to take that concept and sort of do it on a whole higher level. Oh yeah. Um, which is the aforementioned player one video game bar that Jared mentioned before. Which I'm trying to remember if did we go there together as the first time we went, or was that something we kind of checked out on our own? I don't remember. I how think that you, I went with you guys the first time I went. You may have been there before that. I think. I don't remember. Because I think you had told me you went there with Beth. And then that she wasn't there that time we went. I think. I don't oh. think you were there the first time I went, but we have been there. So we all. Well, we've all been it. there together a yeah. few times, though. Yeah. But I mean, Certainly. I've done a lot of talking. Jared basically 
Describe sure. the wonder of yeah, one. yeah. Player one, oh man, that place is awesome. So it has a, it had a really small cover charge, which I get because there's a lot of machines in there. I mean, I, I don't know, sixty. I think it's yeah, probably between some the odd and the arcade. Um, and you can do a membership, you know, so that yeah, but it's like three bucks. I mean, it's uh, yeah. I got it. That's cool for all that stuff. No problem. And then and they have um, special nights sometimes. Yeah, and they have uh, a really nice beer selection. You know, they got a lot of of really interesting beers. You don't see a lot of the. And they switch Bud, them Bud Light, Bud Light stuff. There's the a lot of there. yeah, different stuff. So they got a great selection there. And, but what I like too is they have all the classic arcade machines, and that's awesome. But then they have just big TVs and couches where you can just borrow games from them. Huge library of games, and just play couch co-op with your friends of almost any game you can imagine. And then behind the bar, they have some big TVs with some of the more modern systems. So Xbox One and PS4, they got already, and you can play games up there. Um, it was fun well, last time I was there for. Um, one of Chris and I's cohorts, Corey, his bachelor party. Mm-hmm. Um, there were some people there that were playing one of the games we talked about being fun to probably watch people play, and that was um, Injustice. Oh, that's and, always being played. And it was, it was cool. It was cool to watch people who were actually good at it, which I'm not. And um, uh, you know, but that's cool. And I get a chance to like actually check out those systems in a in a really real way. And then they have like um, they had a connect. No. Sometimes people yeah, play that. Yeah, they have a sta- they have like a rock band slash and rock band stage. Yeah, which is cool, which is great. You know, like uh, you're sitting there with your friends drinking all of a sudden. You're mm-hmm. like, you know what? We need to go play. Don't don't stop believing over there right now. Well, and it's got, I'm like, the drums. Stage you stage lighting. Yeah, going it's on really cool. Show. And yeah. so it's just it's just yeah. they hit like on everything you could think of with gaming to me. And then and, and then you can drink. Wow, awesome. So. Yeah. It, it, what, so great! They got a great atmosphere. The the um, the bartenders are almost always doing some kind of cosplay, which is really yeah. cool. Themed a lot of video game characters. Ah, how cool is that? Just for a little thing, I love that. And the music's usually pretty interesting. It's a, lot a lot of really, eighties, lot of eighties. Yeah, stuff, like man. they they know their target audience and they nailed it. You know, and it's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I've been on there on Wednesdays and there's people in there. You know, yeah. that place is busy because it's awesome. It's starting to get a lot busier now that people are starting to find out about mm-hmm. it. The other night I was there, I mean, it was it was almost too busy for even me. Like, I was glad because, I mean, the first couple times we went it was empty and I was like, I don't know. This this I don't worry it wouldn't hang on. But now it's, it's ridiculously it's packed some killing, nights. So, yeah. I mean, as nice as that is because it means the place can stay open and maybe even expand, uh, it, it, it's starting to hurt. And also I've noticed a lot of their games and things like that have started to show some wear and tear. Yeah, they need to go through so. and, and revamp. They had a couple games last time I was there that were just down. But it's still a lot of fun. I mean, they even have a lot of the older consoles like Sega Genesis and uh, Super Nintendo and you can go and grab, you know, games. Some of them are, you know, have all the games on them or, or you can go and rent them. Um, yeah, good luck getting on that N64. That's like the most popular oh, machine. Yeah. Like in that, like there's always a line waiting for people. to I play wish I kept my N64. That machine was so <laughs> amazing. But what I think is cool when you're is a kid, that they you don't care. You get the next thing, last thing's gone. That's right. They, you know, they, they've taken the concept of like the the early '80s arcade and sort of merged it with modern technology to where it's still you know, the walls are all black. Like it's like black lighting, you know. It's still a yeah. dark, kind of dingy looking kinda place. Dark. But I mean, you can't smoke in there, and and but you can drink and. But it's still got, I mean, I loved it, just the basic concept of, like, this big bar where, you know, with the flat screen TVs that you'd see in any bar, but instead of competitive sports, it's competitive games that are there. Mm -hmm. To where I very rarely have actually been the one playing, but, you know, you can sit, it's like, I can sit and appreciate, like, Marvel vs. Capcom the same way I could, like, just getting, like, watching a match of some game where I'm like, I don't really know who the teams are, I don't care what's going on, but... It's on, and I guess I can, you know, while I'm doing other stuff, like right. it's that same thing. And then having the additional thing of like, you're like, oh, that's cool. And then someone's like, oh, you want to play? Like, oh, all right, yeah, sure, why not? And yeah, hey, do you have Injustice? Oh yeah, I do. Okay, well, yeah, whatever oh game you want. They you have know? like a, they have a menu you for the, the menu games. It's like games two, three pages long. Well, it's it's like enormous. A whole wall, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's enormous. So that place is awesome. Yeah. And that, that's, uh, that, you know, you can see why that inspired us to want to think about this and talk about this because we just had an absolute blast there and it's clearly popular with a, a huge variety of people. I think that's one of the things that's cool about, about games, man. There's, you know, we talked about, there's no definition of gamer anymore, right? There, there's no, there's no such thing. And, and, and we said that in terms of there are different kinds of games, but even the people that, that are the kind of gamers that are, maybe more like us that play a lot of console games and played in the arcade. There's no definition for that person either. You go in there, there's all kinds of people in there. It's really crazy. It's oh, that place rocks. Yeah. I'm gonna go there right now that we're talking about. It. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna finish recording early so we can go hang it up. But yeah, um the, 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 I think the basic idea behind this is we're kind of a, a bit of a test market. Um it's two friends that co own it together and I think their plan is that they want to open 
a chain of these places, which I think we do really well. I mean, I, I, I mean, especially they're basically located in the Disney World area of Orlando, and they're really close to what's essentially student housing for college interns for Disney. So, I mean, they've, I guess they did their research because they're in a really good place mm-hmm. to attract a large number of youngish people who yeah. might have a lot but of time on their hands. It's, what's nice yeah. is it's a little out of the way, though, where exactly. tourists will probably not come across right, it. Right. So you just get this, like, so it won't, I don't think there'll ever be a night where it's, like, just packed with a random amount of people that, like, just randomly. It's all, like... I don't know, that kind of local thing of it, even if they franchise it, that kind of local flair of it. Same with BART. You know, it's yeah. like really one of the things about it that's kind of cool. It's like, this is like, this is for the people here. You know, and I like that. I like when in a town that's so full of tourists to have a place that's really fun and it's like not for the tourists is kind of awesome. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, that leads me really well into the next place I wanted to mention. This is a place I've been that you guys haven't been and maybe we'll go check it out sometime. Um, I had new. read uh, a while ago, uh, a couple years ago, that um, one of our local comic shops, the independent shop that is very popular with people who are really into comic collecting, were had opened this space adjacent to their comic book store that they were just basically calling it like, it's this lounge. It's like, you know, if you're coming home from work, but you don't really want to go home. It was kind of like this third space where you could spend time. And um, the the bar is called A Comic Shop. Real. <laughs> Real basic name. There you go. And their owner, Aaron Halland, like, he opened this this little space next door. And it was basically, like, the idea, and I think when I went, it had just opened, and they didn't really know what it was yet. Because there were a couple, like, high-top tables that had, like, 360s attached to some flat screens where they just randomly had some games you could play. There was a bar, but they didn't really have any taps or anything. They had a keg that was shaped like R2-D2. Nice. And I thought that was amazing. <laughs> and, and the way they're like, okay, well, here's the way it works. It's like, you know, we're going to, we'll host private parties here so you can run it out if you want. Or you can buy a membership and it's like $20 a year. Or for $50, you can get a lifetime membership. And the idea was that you could get, you could buy your comics and then just walk next door and just like sit and hang out. But and like every now and again, maybe we'll have alcohol here. I don't know. I guess we'll have to card people. Like they were really just making it up. And then they kind of had they had added like a like a gaming library. So it's like, oh, we have all these board games. So if you want to play a game with your friends, you get everything from Monopoly to you know Settlers of Catan. Like whatever you want to play, like you do that too. And it was like, oh, maybe you can rent graphic novels for it's like you give us a buck and like you can just like go sit and read it. So they had all these things they were trying out. To now it's and it was weird because when we went in. I think they had just opened it. The owner was there, drunk, off his pants. Like, uh, he could barely talk. And it was him and another employee um, named Mike, who who sadly passed away, actually, just uh, a couple years ago. Um, but basically just really excited about this thing that they had opened. And I was just asking them questions, like, I, do you want a beer? And they're, like, throwing their arms around my wife, like, you you look like you need a beer. And they're just, like, taking us into, like, their little, like, rec room, basically. <laughs> but but now it's become a really big thing to where they host, like, trivia nights, like, nerdy trivia nights. They have bands touring there all the time. It's a full-on bar now um, with, like, multiple taps. They serve food. And the place is basically just overrun. So I'll see these updates on Facebook or Twitter. And I know that, like, well, if I'm not there, and it's not near me, so if I'm not there, like, right when they open, like, I'm not going to be able to get in and be a part of it. Like, you see the pictures, and it just looks uncomfortable. It's like the the aerial shots of Comic-Con where everybody's just shoulder-to-shoulder, can't breathe, can't (laughs) talk, can't hear anything. So they're actually, um, I wanted to bring them up specifically because they're in the process of expanding their space. They just ran this kind of, like, little Kickstarter thing to raise a bunch of money to, like, blow out the wall. They're basically taking over half the comic shop to, like, accommodate this thing that was just supposed to be this little adjunct to the comic shop, but it's become so popular that they've had to sort of blow it out. I mean, the, the best way that they described it was, um, there was a quote where they interviewed him, like, what is this place? And he said, it's a sports bar for nerds without sports. Mm-hmm. Like, that, that's basically what it is. It's there just a go. place where you can hang out and, with friends and, like, you know, just have fun, do nerdy, weird, dumb stuff. Uh, but, like, you know, it, in this little safe space where nothing you want to do is too weird or anything. So, um, the, the bar is called the Geek Easy. Um, that's attached to, uh, the comic shop and they're at my geek easy on Twitter. So that's definitely highly recommended. Um, and then the last thing I wanted to mention, um, is kind of an up and coming thing in town, which my wife mm-hmm. and I just had an opportunity to check out, um, a place called the cloak and blaster, which is, um, it's a bar that's kind of adjacent to the university of central Florida. So it's basically in Northeast Orlando. Is that right? Yeah. Um, yeah, and uh, I guess that's about right. Ish. But the the basic Close idea enough. I found about out about this place when I met the owners at um, MegaCon uh, earlier in the year, back in March, and they were talking about this pub they wanted to open up, and they wanted to open a gaming pub, 
I was like, okay, that's cool. Maybe, you know, we know Bart, we know Player One. But they said, no, no, this is going to be a little bit different. Like, we're going to be really focused on tabletop gaming. It's like, oh, that's interesting. Because that's not something that I have a lot of experience with because nobody I knew growing up played, played anything like Dungeons and Dragons. Like, I just dip my toes in it every now and again. They said, no, we like, we were hardcore into this and we want to make a space that's a bar, but it's very welcoming and, you know, where people can come and just play games for hours and hours and hours. So right now they're in a stage where, um, that they're calling a beta test. So they're basically open, but with the understanding that like, like a lot of things are probably going to change. Like the menu is going to change. They have a lot of food. They have a ton of beers. I think they have like 90 to a hundred beers available. I mean, that's a lot of them on tap, a lot of them in their coolers, but, um, weird stuff like all craft beers, strange things. I saw they have a big selection of meads. Okay. There you go. If you need your mead. The place, uh, if at you least... Need, that should be the slogan. If you need your if mead. If you need your mead. But, I mean, right now the place, like, decor-wise, leans very heavily on Lord of the Rings. So that's very cool. Like, that, you know, there's tons of swords and stuff all over the walls. There's a bunch of really ambitious murals, I guess, they're going to put up that haven't been put up yet. But, um, I mean, they've had these custom-made, really big, heavy wooden tables that fill up this entire space. Um, once it's fully operational... Uh, it's going to be a two-story venue, so when you go in, you walk into the tabletop area where you can go straight ahead and you can go to the bar where, they, again, they've got four huge screens. When I was there, the screen on the left was playing Mario Kart on the Wii U. Uh, the screen on the right was playing something on Xbox One. And then the two middle screens were showing, like, Doctor Who or Battlestar Galactica. So I was like, I love this place so much. And, <laughs> and, um, and, then, um, and then just everybody else is at these tables. They, there's no admission fee. Uh, there's no membership fee, and right now they're testing out this system wherein there's no time limit, which is kind of crazy, because depending on what kind of game you're playing, I mean, you can play some kind of card game that might take 30 minutes to a half an hour, but you could also be in the middle of, like, some Warhammer com- campaign or something where, you know, people are there with, like, their miniatures and their terrain map set up, and they've got their rulers out to figure out the like, attack range. I mean, it's, like, hardcore people, so they might be there for six or eight hours, and they're not they're not kicking people out. They're just basically asking, you know, if you're going to stay, like, if you could keep ordering drinks and food while you're here, that'd be really cool. We don't want to ask anybody to leave. And they've got a huge selection of board games. I mean, everything from tons of munchkin decks to, you know, big... They've got, like, two yeah, huge shelves filled with D&D player manuals. Like, it's crazy. I've it's never neat. seen that many manuals in one place before. I, um, I have a couple. And then... <laughs> Once the second floor is open, that's going to be the video game lounge, which I think is going to be a lot like the modern part of Player One, where it's going to be, like, lots of couches, lots of consoles, you know, modern consoles, plus older ones, too, where, you know, they'll have, they'll probably be streaming, like, League of Legends matches like it was a sports bar, but, you know, eSports instead. So that's not open yet, and I'm really, really super eager to um, to see what that looks like. It's a, it's a little out of the way for me. It took me about a half an hour, and I live way closer to it than you guys do. Yeah. Um, but it, I can see it being the kind of thing that that's like, you know, a couple weeks out, we say, like, okay, we're going to go on this night, where it's like planning to go to another town or something, right. basically. Like, you take care of the kids, and you talk to your wife about this, and, you know, where we have to really, like, lay out a time to go do it, because it's not... Not that you could just jet over there, but um, the owners are really cool, Andy and Marcus. Um, they, you can follow them at, at Cloak and Blaster uh, on Twitter, and all these guys have Facebook pages and stuff too. But there's just, I mean, so many cool opportunities now for us, even just in a local way, to sort of explore this new arcade culture. Yeah, it's it's interesting because I feel like you know, like the, there are these nerd culture events that we're familiar with, you know, the cons, cons basically, yeah. all kinds of cons, and and it was like this moment to just be like be with these like-minded people that love the things that you love and, and kind of in this, like you said, cramped and uncomfortable way. And, and, <laughs> and it's like, it's like this, there, these places that are like these miniature experiences of that are showing up where you can just be like, Hey, it's Thursday. What do you want to do? I don't know. Let's go to Bart. Like, let's just go out. Oh, great. Yeah. Let's go to Bart. And, and like, you can, you can have that kind of thing. And oh, that's amazing. Age of the geek, man. I'm telling you, like, I feel like I was ahead of my time. When I was this tiny little <laughs> nerd, yeah, we always got picked on. For yeah, doing right. I was this loser nerd, and now, now look at me. Now the stuff I like is popular, and God, I hope it doesn't stop. Well, and the, the <laughs> thing that's funny about that is I, I don't know what would stop it because, like, like we've been saying, this is not this is not all one thing. So, like, if right. you're somebody who like was really into like 
if your favorite thing in the world was like my family and I used to like every Saturday night, like we'd play like hardcore Uno, like it got nasty. And like, <laughs> that's what, that's what you did. And it's like, Oh, I really love Monopoly or I, I don't care about video games, but I loved playing the Kirby games on Nintendo when I was little. That, like, or I'm like super hardcore into competitive shooters. Like, I mean, there's so many ways they can all come to these that places. it can manifest. Yeah. And it's, I, I think it's cool when these places go out of their way to have like, different experiences for different people. Because you'll see even at a place like Player One, like, if I go there with my wife, I know she's just going to be at the pinball tables all night because that's what she's interested in there. Or, you know, I'm just going to be playing the old arcade cabinets. Or, you know, you're just going to be playing the fighting games. So, and, or just hanging around in their very, very cool portal-themed bathroom. Oh, how do we not talk about that? I had to mention the portal bathroom because their portal-themed bathroom is like... Oh, that's amazing. But, um... Yeah, so arcades. We love them. We love that they still exist. <laughs> I gotta say, I mean, one of my favorite things is, like, you know, there was one day where we were all there and we jumped on the X-Men game and we played it all the way played from through the beginning whole thing. to end. Yeah, free play games. Oh, yeah. And how many times we died? I don't know if you guys really have <laughs> talked about hundred. how much money that would have been, but it's right. all free to play, so right. it's like the greatest oh, we thing. We would have all world. pumped seven bucks into that machine, I think. Easily, if not more. Oh, yeah. yeah. And it's oh, yeah, just yeah, yeah. so great. You can sit there, just play, play, you die. Oh, who cares? Like, when you died in the original back in the day. You're like, no! It was the worst thing in the world. Like, you really felt like a party. You was actually... You're dying. like, oh, I gotta get back in it, and dang it, I picked Dazzler on accident this time now. Yeah, so it's Why? just so cool just to be able to hit... Oh, player one, start again, and you jump yep. right back in. Yep. All right. I know, it's pretty great. So it's fun, because it's like, if you go into it with the right mindset, like, all those games, like, totally hold up in their own way. Like, you can go play, like, yeah. play Arkanoid, and they're like, this game is amazing, and then you go Killer Instinct, and you're like, if, as long as you don't think about it in terms of, like, the modern things that replaced it, like... Yeah, but see, I think you're right. Experience. I feel like there's this, like, the gap is the opposite way now, right? Console games are just so far beyond the arcade now that there's this thing about the arcade that's unique and, and cool yeah. and visceral, like you said, especially, you know, the, the just because the way you interact with the machines is so different that it's switched. It went from being like, this is so advanced and consoles are cool, but it's for these crap games that stink. And now, you know, these are kind of, it's this niche that's just unique and fun. And so there's just such a separation between the two of them now that I don't play it going like, this would be better at home. Like, yeah, I'm never yeah. going to think that. You know, like, it's like, no, this is where you get this experience is at this venue and for, and it's awesome. You know, so it's like, it's like we've gone so far beyond it that now this thing that we've left behind is um, kind of a, come around again and it's kind of amazing again in its own way. Yeah. And weird side note, like, special props to whoever invented the early machines that they were able to create this piece of hardware that people could beat the hell out of for yeah. years. And, and some of those machines hold up really, really well, well, which is weird because then some other machines re- seem to like never hold up at all. I remember oh, yeah. one of my favorite, I mean, I love the X-Men game, but my favorite version of the X-Men game was the double monitor version of the X-Men game. Oh, where, yeah. And one monitor was always like the color was off or it would flicker. Like you'd <laughs> never get like a perfect double screen X-Men arcade game. Like, so like, yeah, but then, you know, you knew, you knew that you saw like an old Donkey Kong machine that's probably gonna work. Like, yeah. there's certain games that you knew would be like eh, kind of. Have you ever seen a bad Pac-Man machine? Yeah, not really. I don't think you ever seen one. Like where you just get stuck in the corner, but no. you always knew which Street Fighter cabinet to avoid because like the middle punch button was didn't work. Sticky yeah. And, yeah, and you were at a disadvantage. Like, uh, I want to be player two on this one. Yeah, Why? like yours. Yeah, no, oh, no, I, I like being on the left side. Just quarter up and show. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> which that's a weird concept, right? So like, you want to be the next player, you put your quarter up on the machine. What made your quarter look any different from the other five quarters? That somebody matter. like I don't know. Somehow, like everybody just I don't know. Knew. They just because you you hovered. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, that's it's not like it was. you put everybody it there and so walked close. away. Right. You didn't leave. Someone would be like, "Thanks." Yeah. Yeah. And start. I always thought that was a weird etiquette around that too. Like yeah. the like whole because sometimes I'd be I reach right over your shoulder. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. Well, no, no. Like sometimes I'd be playing when I first started playing the fighting game. Someone would, like come. And I'd be like, I didn't want them to play me because I'm like, I'm, st- no, no, I'm still I'm learning, and you're gonna, t- yeah. and I'm I'm playing through the single player. I get to play more if they didn't come annihilate me. Right. And I, but like, you can't say like, no, yeah. like you can't. That's that's an arcade. You can't tell. No, you can't play this game. They're like, I, I'm pretty sure I got a quarter, so I can. There's always weird etiquette to that kind of stuff, and the next player and stuff. Yeah, yeah. So that was cool. There was an arcade etiquette. Yeah, Isn't that crazy. Yeah, it was and- like a mini culture for a while. Yeah. And it's funny, because I can remember, like, weird side note, but I can say it, because I'm not the one who said it. I'm just repeating information. Um, I grew up in San Diego, in, in the south part of San Diego, where there was a lot of, um, 
a lot of families that were from all over the world because it was a naval city. So a lot of people had moved there from a lot of places. And where I lived in particular, a lot of my friends were Filipino because there was just a lot of Asian families in that area. And I remember it was this like constant running joke that like I, if they were playing Street Fighter, I could never play with them. And I'm like, why? And they're like, you don't have the Filipino Street Fighter gene. <laughs> I was like, what are you talking about? But it was this joke because like they were always on this like other level of that game that I could never hope to like be competitive with. So I think that's why like the fighting game genre like is kind of like with like the shoot 'em up genre and me like I'm never gonna be as good as somebody who was really good at that game mm-hmm. because there were always people that were so much better than me. But if you can get it in isolation, like you said, if you can just if everybody just leaves me alone for like a while. Like, I can while, figure it out a little bit. Yeah. Like, you're taking a fundamental, like, co-op experience or a competitive experience and trying to, like, no, 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 just let, I, I have to learn this. You'd see people in the arcade who had printed out, like, the move sets for Mortal Kombat, like, from, like, a magazine or, like, would have, and they're, like, trying, like, no, I swear, there's this, like, fatality nobody's ever seen before and I'm going to get it. Like, you're like oh, maybe wait, it existed, maybe wait, it Wait, 17 combina- button combinations in, I hit the wrong thing. Hold on, let yeah, me try no, it. Yeah, no, I got to try it again. Exactly. Oh, man. Crazy. Crazy, but we love arcades and we love the fact that they have made a resurgence. And, um, and since these are all local places that we like to hang out, you know, I'd, I'd like to talk about them some more. I know there's going to be events and other things coming up, and and hey, I'd love to have some of the people who work at these places like be on our show. Like that would be great. I've reached out to some of them, and hopefully that'll be something that we can do in the future. So yeah, and we'll, we'll try and post up all their stuff on the Facebook just for local people, so that you can, if you're not familiar with these, you can see them, or you can check them out to see if they have any links to places where you are, or maybe you could contact them and say, please come build this where I live. Yeah, these are really nice, really cool people who are really into their communities that they yeah. built up, so they're always interested in hearing from like-minded people who Absolutely. love what they do. So, that's a good place as any, I think, to wrap up, so we appreciate you guys joining us for yet another episode of the Use Gamers Podcast, our 25th episode. Uh, as always, um, you can keep up with us on Twitter or on Facebook. We're at the Use Gamers. We're slash the Use Gamers on Facebook. Uh, you can email any of us at uh, Mike, Jared, or Chris at theusegamers.com. And there's another thing that I'm forgetting. There's probably some other way to keep up with us. You can listen to this podcast. Listen on the iTunes. Website. There's the subscribe website. on iTunes. Ed, there, there it is. Website. Visit the go. website, theusegamers.com. Um, you can tell I probably haven't been putting a lot of new information on that website, considering I forgot it existed. So <laughs> we post the episodes, but there hasn't been much. Hey, this is a podcast. Everything else is just peripheral. This was meant there to be a podcast. That's right. That's what it will always be. So I will be signing off for the evening. So uh, my name is Chris. I'm Mike. I'm Jared. And we will see you later. Bye-bye. Ladies and guys. Okay, so this is 20. No more microtransactions. 25. 25. All right. Quarter century. The original... 25 cents. Whoa. Arcade. Whoa. <laughs> this is our quarter episode. For those of you who ah. listen to the show, Jared's head just exploded. <laughs>